0: Welcome to the Church Sound Podcast, part of the Repurpose Network, where kingdom culture, real life, and technology intersect. I'm your host, Prentice Thompson, and what we do, we talk to real people, pastors, leaders, engineers, tech people, manufacturers, worship leaders, all about church, technology, and provide solutions for a successful Sunday morning service. ready. It's time to take a ride. Let's go. Yes, yes. Welcome to another edition of the Church Sound Podcast. I'm your humble host, Mr. Prentice Thompson, and we are on location at the Wave Experience here in Florida, and I have a great guest. I know I say it all the time, but I'm whispering because I don't want anyone to hear what I'm doing. (laughs) We have a great guest. We have a great guest from Sweetwater. And we're going to talk about houses of worship, gear, training. Why is it all important, gentlemen? Please introduce yourselves.
1: My name is Jeff Barnett. I am the director of worship sales at
2: Sweetwater. And I am Grant Embry. I'm one of the sales engineers at Sweetwater as well.
0: Great, great. So how did how did you guys get into this crazy business that we're in? Like, how did how did it happen? <laughs>
1: uh, well, we're we're both. Uh, worship audio guys um so i started with audio when i was like uh, 12 or 13 years old at a methodist church in waco texas and uh you know when when you're 12 13 years old what's happening there with all of the knobs and buttons and blinking lights that's way more interesting than the choir robes and the pipe organ that was happening down in the front of the room so i tended to pay a lot of attention to the sound guy uh sitting next to me and he noticed me after a while and said uh if you want to learn what all this stuff does, stick around after church one Sunday and uh, I'll I'll teach you. And uh, I think he just wanted the ability to go to a Dallas Cowboys game and have somebody else fill in for him because <laughs> pretty soon I was the guy that would fill in whenever he had someplace else he needed to be. Um, but it stuck, you know. I, uh, I loved uh, working with audio, eventually working with uh, bands and coffee shops, and, and then And when I got a little bit older in the youth group, I was running sound for all the youth services and the the big, big church services for the adults. Um, Went to college, studied uh, um, music education first, but I also got a job working in the recording studio at the college I was at and uh, did a live sound there. And basically have been involved with uh, church audio in some way, either as a volunteer or a very, very part-time staff member ever since. Came to Sweetwater uh, and immediately gravitated towards churches. So wow. all of my best churches, all my best customers were church customers because that's right. the world I came from. and right. I understood what they do, and I, we, I just clicked with them. Right. And uh, let's see, 2016, Sweetwater uh, asked me if I would kind of head up a team of sales engineers uh, that would focus on working with churches. So that started with about a dozen people. Uh, in our sales department, and today has grown to 135 sales That's engineers.
0: amazing. Yeah,
1: and those are uh, all volunteers that have chosen to join that team and focus their business on their worship customers. So, wow. And and Grant is one of those guys. He's so you
0: started with 12, 12 like the disciples? What right.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a correlation here we're talking about, right. gentlemen. <laughs> and then I was actually Jeff's customer, so wow, yeah. So I worked for a mega church called Bethany World Prayer Center out of Baton Rouge, uh, Jonathan and Larry Stockstales' wow church, and I was head of production there. Uh, before there, I was head of audio for Jimmy Swaggart for seven or eight years. I was there for like twelve total that I worked for him. Wow. uh And then I was he was in at a training for one of our manufacturers, and he's like, "Hey, want to meet up for dinner?" Well, we went to dinner, and he was telling me all about it, and So next thing you know, I joined the Sweetwater team and became one of the sales engineers who focuses on House of Worship as well.
0: So what have you guys both found like most interesting in the last two years? Like We all know what we've gone through. We all know the whole big transition, everyone's staying at home. And what have you seen as the biggest changes?
2: Live streaming. Everybody is on live streaming now. And just the growth even in the church in live streaming, you've got congregation members going to two or three different churches now where they have only may have only went to one before because they have the ability to do it right in much less time. And mm-hmm. so there's been so much growth in that market and need for training, support, help people trying to figure it out because it's crazy.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, as a, uh, uh, as, as a church member, like I'm, I'm not, restricted by my geography. I can I can go to any church that's online. I've been watching services from the church back in Texas, the one that I grew up in, used to run sound at. Uh, I watch services for my customers' churches in California and Nashville and wherever they are. So I, um, I'm not just, you know, watching the services from my home church anymore there in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I'm able to go Visit anybody's church anywhere in the country, uh, and get different things from all of them. I see churches that are streaming really, really well; that do a fantastic job, and I see churches that still have an iPhone propped up against some hymnals. Oh God, where they're just <laughs> yes. <laughs> the yes, pastor looks into it and talks.
0: Yes, I. Th- the funny thing is, like I, re- I remember when the when it, when the COVID first hit, it was like maybe like yeah, I can't say first, maybe like eight months, and I called my father-in-law, and my father-in-law said no, don't. I'm on the other line at church. I said, what do you mean you're on the other line at church? They were setting a phone in the middle of the service and then call tree people, I was like, pop, you got to let me come help you, man. You have to like, introduce me to your pastor. I come and
2: do it for free. They like, get that vibration from when the oh phone rings gosh, in the middle of service oh and every, the video skews. Oh, <laughs> gosh.
0: I was like, I said, what do you mean you're at church? I'm at church, boy. I'm going to the other line. Call me back. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, my gosh. And then at the time, I worked at a I worked at a retailer, and I would get these crazy phone calls. And it was like, um, the first week it was, do you have boom poles so we can hang it over the people so they can talk? And then every, Mm -hmm. seemed like every week it was another iteration of the switch to live stream that everyone was kind of on the fly. Because there was so many churches that all of a sudden were at need. And then secondly, had no one... To tell them anything or give them any solid, you know, instruction. So, what is the biggest question that you guys normally get? Like, I say top three.
1: Uh, well, number one for me is probably why does my church live stream sound so bad? Uh, it, it doesn't sound online the
2: way it sounds in the room. And what do we do about that? My top one would probably just be how, <laughs> literally. <laughs> How how do we do this? What is going on? How do we fix it? It's not anything necessarily direct because a lot of it's people who have never done tech or they're volunteers, so they have no training right. or certification in it at all. It's just help. How do we do this? Right?
0: Like where's the check mark? Like do, like there should be some certification course. we would think it would like by now. But I find that every church I go to and visit, the head guy knows. Almost nothing, and training is such at the bottom of the totem pole with a lot lot of churches, Mm -hmm. and when I go there, I say, listen, I'll talk to the pastor and say, listen, um, your bass player, I'm pretty sure he could play a scale, and I'm pretty sure he's practicing, and I'm pretty sure your drummer played in this basement for a really long time, and I'm pretty sure the plumber that you brought to fix your stuff has some sort of certification and I'm pretty sure he's a little bit more experienced. Can we invest in training? And have you have you guys ran into that? I mean, I Sure. I mean, and the and the, the pastor went to seminary. I mean, <laughs> he went to
1: school for years to learn how to preach the gospel. And uh, then, then we we take that sermon that he's preaching and put it in the hands of tech volunteers who are just doing their best.
0: Right, doing their best.
1: With with little to no training or whatever YouTube videos they could scrounge up what they could read online. So, yeah, I, I run into that all the time. Um, churches, by default, seem to want to solve their technical problems by buying the right gear. Right? So I think if we just get the right microphone, if we can spend a little bit more money and get a better compressor or what's wrong with this mixer, we'll buy a new mixer, right. yeah, that's going to make everything sound better. Really what they need to do is invest in training, invest in their people, mm-hmm. and the gear they have a lot of times is adequate to get much, much better results if they just put uh, put their emphasis on their people rather right. than on the gear.
2: Right. That's one of our biggest things at Sweetwater that I see and, and a lot of the House of Worship guys see is when we're helping these churches, because our service model is a lot different, our sales model is a lot different, uh, being that it's so personal. We know what's going on. We know what a lot of times what we've sold them or... We get the information on what they have. A lot of times you realize they have what they need. They don't need to spend more money. So it's more us having to dive in with that customer and work with them and be like, look, you really don't need to spend money. What you need to do is learn how to EQ this mic. Or maybe that mic's not fitting on your pastor properly. How are you doing that? Right. This is how that mic is supposed to be managed. Right. Or different tricks where they don't have to spend money. But can still accomplish their goals.
0: So, speaking of that, what is your, your your qualifying process when the church calls you? I mean, what's your qualifying process for that? How do you get there?
1: Uh, well, I, we ask a lot of questions first. So, you know, if somebody calls us and they want you know, I, I want to get started live streaming. We're at the, the iPhone need to get some hymnals stage right now. And we got to get better. Um, first thing I want to know is who I'm talking to and what their what their background is, what their level of expertise is. And then I start asking questions about the church. What what does worship look like? What does it sound like on Sunday mornings? Um, how big or how small and what's the church's goal with this ministry? Is it, it are we just trying to get the sermon online so a handful of people at home can hear it? Or is this going to be a major ministry of the church where we're trying to reach as many people outside the building as we are inside the building or in some cases many many more? I've got churches that are have a few hundred people in their congregation but they have they've invested in a really large professional live streaming setup and they're they're speaking to thousands of people online. Um, so knowing where they are across that spectrum, are we talking about, just a real simple setup, one camera going into a streaming interface to a computer through OBS and calling that a day, or we do doing a multi-camera shoot with three camera operators, somebody switching, another director who's calling the shots, somebody who's mixing the audio in a broadcast booth somewhere. That, that That's a really broad right. field, right? right? Just a couple pieces of gear to an entire studio filled with gear so uh, before we can really recommend anything i want to know the answers to all of those questions and then we can kind of chart a path which direction we're going i also want to know if this is going to be something where they're going to self-install it or should we also be talking to an integrator to uh to have professionals come in put
2: cables through the walls and ceilings and and uh, do a professional install You can kind of tell that when you're qualifying based on that first, like that first question set of, okay, what do you do for the church? What is your background? Where's your skill set lie? Are you, you know, an electrician by trade that's happened to be doing the sound? That way you can really judge kind of where they're at to know how, even again, back to integration, if they're going to need help installing it or if, if it is something they're going to be capable of. Did you know
0: that 177 million Americans listen to podcasts? You know, you can listen to podcasts anywhere. Most people listen to at least eight shows a week. So what does that mean for your church? Isn't the goal to reach more people with your message? You know, Tascam has been the choice of musicians, engineers, and broadcast professionals worldwide. And now they enter the new age of the podcaster, where they once again combine affordability, portability, and sound quality in one elegant package with the Tascam podcast. MixCast 4. Isn't it great to hear the roar of the crowd behind your voice? At the tips of your fingers, the ease of use, and the portability of this hardware unit where you can have four microphone inputs, Bluetooth, telephone, and computer input, all at the reach of your fingers. So do yourself a favor and go to your local retailer or retailer online and get yourself a Tascam MixCast 4. Because the goal is to reach more people with your message. So I, I, I ran against you guys here at, at the WAVE experience. Um, tell us how you guys got involved with this. Uh, well, we we did the uh, the WAVE conference in Anaheim
1: uh, last year. Uh, and that was great. It was the first time they'd done one of these events. And uh, Ron, who's the organizer of the whole thing, asked us if we wanted to be involved again. I think we were one of the first companies to sign up again and say, yeah, we absolutely want to be part of this as it grows. And he's doing more and more of these events around the country. Um, we, we sponsor or exhibit at around, around 25 worship events across the country every year. Uh, some of them are really small. Some of them are really huge. Uh, most of them are musician focused. So to be at one that's more tech focused is kind of cool for us. Cause these are my people. I'm, <laughs> I'm always more comfortable in the tech booth than I am on the platform. Gotcha. Um, but uh, yeah, so we will go anywhere. We think we can meet our customers. And uh, it's been nice at the Sweetwater booth today. A whole lot of people come by and see our big pile of candy and say, you
0: know, Sweetwater, I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I, I love about, I love about Sweetwater is like I, I TD at a church in, um, in Columbia called Riverland Hills. And I've bought a bunch of stuff from you guys. And it's, I will probably say the next day I'll get an email. Mm-hmm. I'll get an email and it'll be detailed about what I bought and how can I help you. And then I'll get a call about how can I help you. Yeah. Speak to customer yeah. service in that regard and how that makes a church feel. Well, um, that, that is, that customer. is
1: the, that's the philosophy of our founder, uh, Chuck Surak. So, uh, it went back to, to him. He was he was the very first sales engineer, he was the owner of the company, uh, and he ran a recording studio out of his house. So anytime uh, he and a couple of other engineers that worked in the studio, uh, if they were not in the studio recording sessions, they would be on the phone talking to other people who had studios and other musicians around the country. Um, and from the very beginning, you know, this, this is before the internet and really even before... Uh, Mail order and 1-800 numbers were a big thing. Uh, So it was all relationship-based, not ever transaction-based. He was not concerned about getting your money. He was concerned about understanding who you are, where you're coming from, what it is you need, and then the money would follow if necessary. So uh, that's always been Sweetwater's philosophy. Relationships matter. Transactions are much, much less important. Put the relationship first; the money will follow. So, our growth as a company from the beginning was founded on that, um, and that is still something that that we expect for every sales engineer. That these customers who call you or who place an order on the website—they're uh, not just a, a credit card number. This is a person who has a church, who has a band, who has a family, who has needs, and. We're going to call, get our arm around those people, understand who they are, where they're coming from, what they're about, and make recommendations for that. And sometimes that means that we tell them, you know what, I don't think you need this $3,000 compressor. Um, You've got good enough gear, you need to spend money on training. We don't sell training, we sell gear. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or it tells them, them you, you don't have to get this more expensive thing when... A less expensive thing will work. Um, it's a really hard thing to do as a salesperson to talk somebody out of spending money when they're willing to spend money. Um, but that's that's the right thing sometimes. Uh, the company motto or philosophy from the very beginning is really simple, do the right thing. Um, and that means do the right thing for your customers, do the right thing for our manufacturers, our vendors, our partners, do the right thing for our families, and... Um, and sometimes that means saying no to money. Right? Mm. So uh, if you do the right thing, we firmly believe that you know, we put relationships first, we do the right thing up front, and that will come back many times over right. when, the cust- when it's time to spend money. Right. right, right. And so part of that is when somebody puts an order on the website, doesn't matter if you ordered a, a $3 set of guitar picks or strings or whatever, the cheapest thing we sell, you're going to get a phone call from somebody who in bare minimum, they're going to say, thank you. We appreciate your business, but hopefully they're going to go a step further and say, so tell me a little bit more about you mm-hmm. You're a musician. What kind of stuff do you do? Do you play in a band? Do you play in a church? Do you have a home studio? I want to know more about you. Right. And that's the beginning of a relationship.
2: Yeah. Like what guitar are you using those picks on? Like really diving in and, and making sure that, you know, that that wasn't the only thing they needed. Maybe there's a question behind that purchase. So, Say you buy a set of guitar strings, for example. Do you know they're the right gauge for your guitar? Do they know they're the right gauge for what you're doing? Is this your first time ever changing guitar strings? There's always those questions and stuff you can find out about the customer that's going to help them in the long run and through the whole process. And with churches in particular, not having the training there and just the ability to get training, especially on lighting, or video it's very slim even online still nowadays it's yeah. really hard to get good training yeah you basically have to go to conferences or conventions to get that experience yeah. and without that you have nowhere else to go you can't call certain stores online and get any information they're not going to help you they'll no, tell man. you a piece of gear that they might be getting commission yeah. on more yeah but sweetwater and i'm speaking from a customer not as an employee Sweetwater was the only place I could go where if I didn't know the answer, I would get the answer. And if they didn't know, they would find it. I couldn't find another place that would do that. Wow. Wow.
0: So, so training, how do you, how do you guys, because all everybody I talk to, they know their stuff. <laughs> I mean, you guys must have some training in for, for your team.
2: So when you're hired at Sweetwater, Before you can ever set foot on the sales floor and become a full-on sales engineer, you have to go through 13 weeks of training. It's college-level, intensive, all day, every day. I mean, you get your weekends off, of course. But for your 40-hour work week, you are in class. And you learn from other sales engineers. You learn from sales management. You learn from vendor reps. And they do a deep dive on basically everything we sell, broad broad level. You can't cover each product because I think we have... 50,000 or more items. And then after that's even done for two years, you have to go to an extra meeting every Monday morning for an hour. And then there's two trainings a week, every Tuesday, Thursday for an hour and a half on new product launches and everything to where we can keep up. Wow. And then as you get into higher end gear, there's also certifications and trainings for specialty stuff that we do continuing education on, and we have what's called office hours where vendors are on site all day during the week talking about other gear that we can pop in and go get more information on.
1: And then on on my team in particular, on the House of Worship team, those 130 sales engineers, we have an extra meeting usually once a month or so. Uh, We bring a vendor in and, and it's on a topic that is specific to the worship market. So in addition to all the general sales training and product training that that they all get, we do uh, usually one meeting a month on
2: a worship topic. So PTZs, when they were big, we had an extra training on those for the House of Worship team because they were so big in churches for the live streaming. Right. Uh, We've done choir mics, like specialty choir mics from uh, Earthworks. They came in and did a specific training on how their mics are the best for choir and worship teams. And so we'll have extra trainings like that as well. Yeah.
0: That's great. That's great. Hey, listen, I thank you guys for your time. Um, we're in the middle of the day here. It's a beautiful day outside here in Orlando, Florida. Um, it is. Um, I want to go get a tan. And, um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's
1: snowing where we're from. So. Yeah, there's four inches of snow on the ground in Fort Wayne, Indiana right now. So, so I'm know, pretty happy to be in Orlando. This is
0: a great time for you guys to go back to your room and pull out your shorts Right. And stand outside Let your let your legs get some sun
1: Yeah we don't get much of that
2: <laughs> In Fort Wayne It, it might hurt somebody
0: <laughs> like short, Shorts in January brothers yeah. Shorts in
2: January
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen Boys and girls Cats and dogs over the ages I just want to thank you guys For tuning in And we'll see you next time On the Church Sound Podcast <laughs>